I thought you were going to say, how about a, a theme tune remix with uh, us playing, <laughs> playing our bellies over <laughs> That's, that now might be quite a fun thing to add in. different gravy not just another sheffield wednesday podcast i'm one of the hosts richard miller and gary lineker said he's the greatest of all time by a long way a genuine phenomenon zico the best of the lot no question in my generation my era he was simply the best i saw him do things that god himself would doubt were possible he could always conjure up a wonderful piece of magic a genius lionel messi if anyone inspired me it was undoubtedly him All these people were talking about the sadly departed Diego Maradona, but they could just as easily have been talking about my wonderful co-host, Dr. Luke Gledor. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good, Rich. How are you today? I'm good, yeah. I thought the last last week's intro was a bit harsh on you, so I thought I'd sort of... I'd, I'd sort of butter up your ego today uh, to start start things off. You thought you'd just nag me from the off? Is that what you thought, Rich? That's what happened last time, I think. <laughs> Well, this is a little bit passive aggressive, you know. What I'm saying that you're you're as wonderful as Diego Maradona. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who you know, there's a there's an argument between him and Pele, but that's a pretty short conversation in terms of the best ever. I mean, I often get lumps kicked out of me while I do my excellent. So there we go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh dear. Well. You know, back to the negging next week. This is oh, excellent. I'm used to that. <laughs> Tan, t- tertiary or tangential praise is obviously not the way to go. Um, but uh, <laughs> I believe, I believe, Luke, you've got something for us from the from the network. I do. It's another top-notch piece of programming from the folks at Owls and Prime. It's out now, and it's Caledonians and cars getting coffee. That's right, folks. <laughs> Grab your bonnie tam o'shanta, locate your kilt and trousers as Chief Wednesday Scottish stalwart Liam Palmer meets up with fellow Wednesday Scottish teammates past and present for a wee dram of espresso and the company in Tonic's caramel wafer. Join all for the border stars such as Air Alstar, Burton O'Brien, Paul Heffernan and Mark Reynolds as they accompany Wednesday's fave wee ball bag of a Highlander in such <laughs> illustrious Scottish vehicles such as the Hillman Imp for a tasty hot drink and even tastier banter. Subtitles provided on Palm's Thick Brogue by the man who understands him the most, the second most Scottish member of the Wednesday squad, Jordan Rhodes. <laughs> it's Caledonians and cars getting coffee. Watch it now. Oh, superb. The bit where Liam Palmer was uh, during one conversation and he's, you know, he was obviously trying out a private, you know, a prior bit that he'd organised. But, uh, you know, when he's like, what's the deal with me playing all of these positions? And, ah, uh, very funny stuff. <laughs> Probably. Uh... Very good. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I think without further hanging around. Breaking hoo-hoos. This, you know, there's been some Wednesday news, and obviously we had a game midweek. Um, it it was new to me. I think there's been some discussion about how new it was generally, but it was new to me seeing the the, the reasons behind the 12 point deduction being reduced into a 
six point deduction was that new to you as well luke it probably was but i don't think i paid enough attention you kind of brought the surprise to the podcast i was like sure we can talk about it if you know a lot more about it than i do sir yeah <laughs> You go on, and I'll uh, I'll chip in with some uh, some mild pithy opinion. Well, I suppose it, I suppose it it, it, it maybe answers uh, well, maybe asks as many questions as it answers because effectively it came down to the panel feeling that it was just too too much of a charge the first time round. I mean, I think when when the points deduction was imposed, we talked about the fact that it's the largest points deduction that's that had ever been put on somebody for a financial fair play um breach so they've 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 sort of addressed that fact in isolation from the training ground sale where that happened or when that happened from the committee's point of view that was a separate financial year and had nothing to do with the penalty so potentially what that means seeing as derby got got away with selling the ground and their valuation of it and we broadly are in the same ballpark as them Potentially, it means that we do reap the reward of the training ground sale. It's just, unfortunately, a year too late for us, which is why the penalty stand. So so it's intriguing. It also probably opens up the road to litigation because we could have taken a six-point deduction last season. The reason we weren't given a 12-point deduction last season was we wouldn't have had time to appeal before the season started again. Um, but if it if they decided on six points in the first place, we could have taken that deduction and been into this season kind of scot-free effectively. Um, so again, that kind of the the EFL wanting to go above and beyond to penalise us has kind of you know played in our favour slightly um, and played against them uh, when it's when it's been exposed to to outside opinion. Um, but yeah, just an interesting thing to sort of note. We we're still waiting to see what the financial picture is. We I don't think we've had the accounts yet for this year, so just another thing to look at. But we may well be in a period where for for the next year or two, that ground sale has the desired effect of kind of um, adding some buoyancy to the the accounts figures. Uh, the the other thing that I just noted, Luke, was uh, Barry Bannon has had. An excellent 24 to 48 hours on Instagram, um, from my perspective anyway. Um, Tom Lee's wishing him a happy 30th birthday and calling him Lee's dog, which is just excellent because you don't look at Lee, Tom Lee's and think Lee's dog would be his nickname, so that's a treat. Mm-hmm. And then um, celebrating his his uh, lovely girlfriend's uh, birthday by calling her a MILF online. Uh, what an absolute treat. Mm-hmm. Would you have would you have gone with Lee's dog? I, I know we don't know much about Tom Lee's, but from the outside looking in, Tomo, I think I'd go for. I don't know what I'd go for. I think <laughs> I'd just call, I think I'd call him Thomas. <laughs> Thomas, just, I'd just, just keep it remarkably formal with him. I think that's what I'd do. Mister Lee's, Mister Lee's, Thomas James Lee's. Uh, I also like Thomas J. I also like calling him Thomas Jane as well because that makes what him about sound TJ? like you see. TJ, TJ is good. TJ could work. TJ Max, we could call him. <laughs> I like that for him. TJ Max is excellent. Or TJ Less, you could joke with him when he's doing that shit. You know, it's very close to Lee's as well. That's right. It is. It is. TJ Less. <laughs> I think that's our nickname for him on the podcast. TJ Less or TJ Max. We'll vary between the two depending on which. That's that's how we'll assess his performances from now on. We won't give him a rating out of ten. It will be, you know, was he TJ Less? 
Or was he TJ TJ Max? Was he TJ less? Was he TJ least? Was he uh, <laughs> TJ Max with one X? Or was he TJ Max with two Xs? So oh, excellent. TJ Midi. Um, and obviously the the well the biggest sort of we talk we deal with it in news, but it, it was a football match. Um, so we had the game with Swansea midweek. Um, yeah. What did you? Well, well, what we had we both shared the odd the very odd experience of the complete lack of any noise from the ground whatsoever. So we just had the commentary, which felt too intimate. And I don't know. I th- I think if I was like an ASMR person, I might have enjoyed the fact that I could hear like individual nostril hairs of the commentators as they mm. contemplated their comments. But it was too much for me. It felt like somebody was like whispering in my ear and I did not want them to be there. Uh, <laughs> um, I think I heard also, someone uh, masticating a banana at some point as well. Yeah, that's it. It was. It, was it sounded very... like there were other people in the closet with them. Like I thought, yes. I heard some coughs that were subdued from a distance. I'm like, well, that's that's not what the main people did. Did we also ever find out who the commentators were? Because we were talking about this, we had a, yeah. Uh, like, I, I think I I figured out that it was Lee Hendry by the end by like playing almost secret footballer esque. <laughs> uh, <laughs> guess who? Guess who? Know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm I don't know for certain. Um, but we, so we we outside of the weirdness. Uh, we had Rhodes starting the game, uh, mm. sort of top on his own, um, but also almost like a three with Reach and Patterson at times. It was it was sort of went back and forth between those two options. Um, I, I mean, Swansea a, a good side going well. Mm. What did you what did you sort of make of the game as as uh, as it sort of ran along? Um, I think it it I. I think for a while, looking at it, like the first half, it wasn't particularly scintillating. But I, uh, I think I slowly kind of came into when did when did we score? What point was it in the first half we scored? The twenty seventh minute is when we scored. It was probably around then that I think you know we scored, and then I think it a few minutes kind of died down, and then I think it was kind of the realization for a lot of the first half that we were doing some, we were playing some good stuff. Mm. We yeah, seemed they- to really work it through the middle which was good because we had you know five members we had five midfielders effectively it's a four five one wasn't it effectively mm. yeah and you know it's this rather strange kind of thing of callum patterson we we don't we we see him as um no position for old pato um <laughs> Like we don't, we've never signed him with a view to. Well, we think we signed him with a view of being a striker, and then there was a the whole thing about you know Pulis coming out and saying he's never been a striker, or from what he sees. Yeah, which I I I found really upsetting for him to do that so early. He's got enough in his locker. He's got enough experience to know what he's doing. But I I didn't like someone being. I'm like you've you've come in for like five minutes. You've been here like five minutes. Like I, I highly doubt you've spent much time watching. You know, he seems to have this vision of him. I'm trying to think who a, a good analog for him would be, but you know, effectively, kind of Lampard type. Maybe, maybe Gerard, but not not as full a game as Gerard. But that kind of Lampard thing of arriving late in the box and making your presence felt. Um, Lampard scored a lot of goals from the edge of the box, but he also got a good amount of headers sort of adding a, a, another body into, into the mix at times. And that seems to be what Pulis sees for, for Patterson, which is interesting. I I, th- I actually thought 
I thought he stood out midweek. I thought he had a really good game, and I uh, thought he was great as well. Yeah. yeah. So I don't. It's hard to know what to make of him, really, because I, I sort of agree. It's a strange thing to come in and immediately say that a player that's been playing a position. <laughs> Um, probably most of his professional career now, you don't really see him in that role um, and suggest something else for him. I do think that's an odd thing to do coming in the but door. He's, he's obviously weirdly, and I'll, I'll try and say this in a way, and I'll maybe I'll explain it afterwards because it, it might sound a bit different. It might sound a bit awkward. He's kind of talismanic for who we are right now. Mm. Which maybe you would say, well, talisman would mean someone who's, you know, fantastic and, you know, makes everything work. But I, I think he's more of a talisman just for like, he feels like as in the player, the identity of this Wednesday team right now. Yes. You know, he's someone very dogged. He's very perseverance. I, th- I think if we could have, it felt a bit like interesting with Stoke, you know, today and seeing Captain Fox Morgan back against us. Um, I'll yes. come on to that later. But it, it felt a little bit like sometimes thinking during the bad times, it's kind of like we need, we need at least three or four more of you on the pitch. You yeah, know, they could literally just be clones, but we could <laughs> we could probably have three Patterson's on the pitch, really. And yeah, if everyone had that kind of good, honest, hard work that's built into his game, exactly. So he's he's got that industry. He's a degree of spryness, a degree of mobility. He's big. He's got a lot of strength to him. Um, he's certainly not a bad player. You know, he's, he has some skills to himself yeah. as well. So. Yeah, I I think he's been I, I yeah I mean he's a utility man I think he's gonna be he's gonna be pretty decent or give a fairly decent account of himself wherever we ask him to play on the pitch. I sometimes wonder a little bit about and we can kind of get onto this today maybe it's a little bit of foreshadowing but sometimes does that kind of do a do against a player to say hey I can play anywhere you want me to but effectively yeah. you end up playing in positions that aren't theoretically your main position so then it's almost a bit like doing yourself a disservice because hey you could bring someone in to naturally play that position and they do a really good job and it's like yeah well they're they're designed and conditioned to play that position every week yeah yeah yeah. right that that could well be a strength and could well be a weakness i mean i i like him i don't quite i don't quite get it but i don't i think it i still think it works to a certain degree right i wonder if he can bring a similar I don't think he's quite the athlete that Hutchinson was, but I wonder if he can bring a similar kind of poppy-like enthusiasm to 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 his area of the pitch. I I sort of get that from him. I think he's always you can see why he gets moved around because he he kind of he hasn't actually looked out of place anywhere. I don't think mm. he uh, he doesn't look natural anywhere either that I've I've seen, but. As you say, he's got he's got a physicality to him. He's got some level of skill, um, and the str- the mixture of strength and skill means that he can hold on to a ball. Um, yeah, he generally plays reasonably good passes. Although today, a couple of times, is I thought his passing let him down at, at times. Um, but I can you can kind of see why he's been moved around. But I also can can I, I just got this little hint of you know hearing Pulis talk about him. I just wondered if, yeah, bringing that kind of like, because at times Hutch would like bowl people over in his team and against it and in the opposition just by kind of the way he he approached everything with such a kind of full-throated passion. 
and I don't think I don't think uh, Patson naturally has that sort of level of passion, but I do think he brings a similar kind of presence. Mm. And I I can kind of see what Pulis is on about. Whether it will happen in time for us, I just don't know. Because we're not at the at this point in time, we're not building. <laughs> we're not. We've not managed to build a sustainable source of attack. And yeah. I think one, if if we manage to do that, then this idea of well, you've got a striker or two, or like a striker and a winger get in the box when the ball goes in, and then you've got this kind of wild card third presence. And holy cow, the wild card third presence is big, pretty quick, and strong, and nobody's going to be the one that wants to pick him up as a kind of third choice. Mm. I can kind of see that working, but at the moment we, it's a bit like when managers bring, you know, the three, four strikers on to cut. We need to win. We need to score. We need to win the game. Bring on the strikers. And it's like, but what about everything needs to happen before that bit? And and Patterson being picked and groomed for this role feels a little bit previous when there's so many steps between here and there but but uh-huh. maybe maybe i can i can see it working i just i'm a bit i'm slightly worried that we'll get disheartened or he'll get disheartened between now and there you know between now and then getting those bits bits in place but as uh-huh. you say a good a very good sort of first half performance by uh-huh. and large against a, a team that are absolutely flying um Burner made a decent sort of chance after a set piece. Um, we lost Westwood um, 14 minutes in, which um, which is a real shame. But that, uh, unfortunately, it's the sort of thing that can happen when you are 35 years old. Um, Ooh, he got caught out by a cross, yeah. very nearly lobbed on his line by that same cross. And then in right. trying to scramble to save it, he seemed to do something. I haven't heard the full news of it, but he seemed to do something to his groin as far as it's, I It's a grade two tear. Yeah, yeah. So he's out for, out for weeks. Weeks, plural. Maybe saying two weeks, but I, I think that's going to be generous, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this was our conversation where you said, oh, he's not look. Did you say he's not looking like a long-term solution? Or was that someone else who said that? Well, I, I didn't. I didn't say those those precise words. So it might right, be maybe yeah, someone else. But, and I, I think I maybe go forward in my head and thought he's not even a solution to the end of the season. I mean, the guy's thirty six, pushing thirty seven years old. You know, on the pretty handsome wedge, which he is not justified at all for the last year and whatever. I don't know if we can get some juice out of him, then that's fine. But it just it just feels like that, and especially with. You know, especially with the um, the goalkeeper situation, it's just getting juice out of these very these very tired oranges. Yes, yeah. Um, I mean, a, sh- a real shame. Obviously, it, it means mm. that certain things um, that maybe were hoped for uh, can't happen. I mean, you know, one scenario is he sort of showed enough form that potentially somebody would have taken him on loan or something like that. Um, but it does, I think it probably moves us closer to the scenario where, which if I'm honest, is the hoped for scenario that we actually get somebody in that's up to the task in terms of goalkeeper. Although Wildsmith mm-hmm. hasn't done anything to let us down in the two no, games. No, not at all. Four not games. All. Played. Um, we just know it's a, it's a castle built on sand with, with our goalkeeping options because they're as good as the chances they face. Um, and if like today you don't have really have to make as many saves, 
they'll probably be all right with that. All I, I, sorry again though, Watermith did make an absolute pearler of a save late on today. Um, but they're not gonna, they're not gonna, they're not point winning goalkeepers. They're not no. game saving no. goalkeepers. Do you do you think any of our goalkeepers in previous form? Do you think a previous Westwood would have done better with the goal we conceded at Swansea? It's hard to tell. He obviously took it well. There wasn't enough. Pre- it's a defensing a defensive failure as much yes. as yes, it's exactly. not one way you're looking at the goalkeeper. If the goalkeeper's not at fault, really, but that is where a great goalkeeper maybe can make that save because it wasn't a rocket. It wasn't right in the top corner. Mm. Um, it's it's a it's a fine shot. It's curled, so it's tr- it's trying to work its way around the goalkeeper, um, and probably the goalie sees it late. Uh, but it's I mean it's always hard to tell. I think you can see goalkeeping errors when they happen. It's harder to tell when something goes straight in like that. That you know what somebody else might have done, and it's a unique pers- perspective. I always remember um, Peter Schmeichel picking the. Uh, goal of the goal of the month on match of the day, <laughs> and famously not being asked to do it again because nobody nobody won the competition. Like nobody, uh, no member of the public guessed the same as him. But I thought that was for me that was quite interesting because it's like probably as a goalkeeper, he's got a completely different perspective on the chances than anybody else. Mm-hmm. So for him, it's probably like, oh yeah, that was so good because the goalkeeper couldn't possibly have saved it. Or that one looks good, but it's not as good as it. You know, it's not as good as it looks because the goalkeeper should save it. You know, that's a different <laughs> thing to bear on on the uh, on the same sort of information you're looking at in terms of those goals. Um, anyway, we're, we're meandering. I mean, I think the first half, as you say, did warm up. Wednesday warmed up into it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was notable that we weren't playing the ball particularly long. I, I think um, exactly. somebody used to. So, I, um, what I did, I did make a note that this just looks so miserable. Like the pitch was awful when we had no sound. It looked absolutely freezing. Like you could see the players' breath, and it just looked. <laughs> there were there was a period early on in that first half where I just thought I do not envy any of these players out on that pitch. I know they're handsomely rewarded for what they do, but trudging around on that quagmire um, in the freezing cold just did not look. <laughs> Did not look tempting at all. Uh, but we scored our goal in the 27th minute. It was nicely worked. It was sort of a play on the Pulis corner that we talked about at the weekend. So mm-hmm. Reach is at the back again. Uh, people charge forward. But in, this time Reach came round the outside of the sort of clump of players. Uh, and Bannon played it short to him. And, uh, and, and Reach found the near post. It was a really tidy finish and a, a lovely goal. Nice yeah. to see him off the mark. What an absolute peach that was! Just, uh, just completely worked it to perfection. And what a, what a brilliant sweet hit from Reach. Mm. You know, and even just clinking in off the post just makes it seem all the more sweeter. Oh, yes, definitely adds that extra little piquancy to to proceedings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, by and large, we we handled them pretty well. We had a sort of scare towards the end where Van Aken kind of. Looked really surprised by a header, and then Odebajo kind of fell over, looking for a foul in the box rather than defending. But we managed to survive that. Um, second half, they made changes and and looked much brighter for those changes. They brought on Casey Palmer, who is is he still a Chelsea player or has he moved on now? They got him alone from Bristol, didn't they? All right, okay, so he's moved on from because he is the he is Izzy Brown, but like for three or four years. 
older, isn't he? I think he's 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 Izzy. He's the previous Izzy Brown. He was Izzy Brown before Izzy Brown was Izzy Brown. Um, and they brought on Ayu as well. And and the the quality of those two players did did make a difference for for Swansea. Um, we took Rhodes off at the fifty sixth minute, and I thought looked worse for that change. Kachunga came on and. Rhodes was doing a job in kind of stretching the game and leading the line, which Kachunga just doesn't know how to do or isn't able to do. I don't know which it is, but um, it, 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 meant, it meant that we started getting sucked further and further back, I thought. And in the 60th minute, we conceded that goal, as we touched on, um, pretty much defensive problems. Van Aken backed, kept backing away when he should have gone to the man. Um, him and Berner were sent for a hot dog by the same sort of shoulder drop from Ayu and then he, he killed it into the far post. Um, but I, I suppose there wasn't too much to no- of note until the very last seconds of the, 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 the game there where they had their... Well, it wasn't a goal disallowed, was it? The whistle was blown ahead of time, but mm. everybody's in the box. It was one of these... Swansea players got very angry. Their manager has talked about some sort of personal vendetta that the referee has, but it felt to me like the same sort of thing that happens in I'd say every other game every week um, where too many people crowd into the box the ref gets overwhelmed by all the activity talks to them before the ball comes in and then as soon as the ball's in the air blows his whistle it happens it's kind of Taylor's oldest time and that that basically was what happened people sort of said oh pick the you know if you can pick a foul good luck I could also you could also say which one was the foul there's probably 10 fouls in every direction and we just know in those situations the ref tends to favor the defending team rather than making Uh a kind of bombastic call of a of a penalty i don't think it was personal although anybody that had the misfortune of having to see cooper's face up close um could you know have a vendetta against him i I don't doubt that um but i don't (laughs) think this referee was any any different to the rest of Well, I mean, you meet him and you're like, what What have I done, Steve? What did, what did I do to you? <laughs> He's what? got a face like a giant middle finger. Everybody's just having their own kind of like Larry David Kirby enthusiasm, <laughs> kind of like shrugs and shoulders and protestations. But So it's a point against the team right yes. up there in terms of... Uh, title contention um we've lost seven in a row on a wednesday uh, prior to this so n- it's nice to break a run in a positive way Sheffield wednesday always seem to be um breaking runs of form but uh, normally it's the negative you know you haven't got a point all season we'll see about that mm. uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I i felt pretty good after the midweek game uh, wasn't a classic but a, a good performance against a tough team Fair, yeah, fair assessment. I think that's completely, completely true. Yeah. So <laughs> the other thing probably we, we is worth mentioning news-wise is we also had this mad link to uh, Musa, which came up and died all in the same few hours. But uh, I'd like to think we are looking at the free transfer market uh, just to see what options are there. But that, that felt like an outlandish one to be linked to. It did. It did. Um, did you see I, that in time to get excited by it at all, or, or was it been been and gone by the time you were aware? I of saw it. it. I think the next day I came back, and then it was like it was poo-pooed. Yes. Um, I, I, we're definitely going to get like a nice, expensive signing for Fulpulus. <laughs> you know, 
I feel that historically we're going to get someone of some some weighty credentials. Hopefully, the someone who can deliver on them because we can't really afford to have otherwise. But uh, were there also kind of tentative loose links to I know Dwight Gale was that someone else yes. mentioned? And that and Green still seems to be kind of rattling around as a uh, Andre Green still seems to be rattling around as a rumor. Interesting. Um, which we would have more of a place for him now because we are playing with wingers. Right. Uh, so it was weird to be linked to him under Monk because we just, if unless he could pl- figure out how to play wing back, we just didn't have a place in the squad for him. Yeah, and we could definitely do with at least another winger. So I mean, I think that would be quite a quite a, uh, a shrewd little acquisition if we went mm. down that path. But uh, who knows? I don't know. There's this whole thing about like, you know, I think we've talked about this before, like players not playing. So you think, oh, you buy them. Oh, it's going to take them ages to get up to speed. And yeah. then uh, Aiden Flint played played like four or five games before, before obviously picking up a huge hamstring and, you know, hammy yeah. injury. But yeah. uh, I don't know. That kind of went against everything we've kind of been told. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, Luongo did a full 90 minutes today. But anyway, that's, uh, that's getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, the thing I want to mention quickly as well, I know we brought it up so uh, beforehand, just the we missed the incident of Callum Patterson having his uh, Todger felt by yes. Donald Fisher at Preston. I don't want to make too many jokes about this, um, even though it is there's a little bit of inherently funny. I think he dealt with it incredibly well. The thing I want to say is I think the FA have severely poo-pooed the bed uh, yeah. with the free match ban because essentially um, it is sexual assault on a yeah. football pitch. And during these times, I'm really surprised that that they they only did a free match ban. Um, I'd hate to say this, but I genuinely think if this was at the highest level, we'd have a lot more media talk about this and there'd probably right. a lot more pressure on the FA to right. Absolutely. give a give a longer ban. It was yeah, I mean it was pretty shocking to see and um times have changed. I know every you know, there's the um the clip of Vinnie Jones doing whatever he did to Gaza. Mm. Um but yeah, you'd like to think we're in a well, one, there's so much more scrutiny. There's so many more cameras. Um, the the idea you think you could get away with something like that is pretty crazy. Um, it's but, exceptionally naive, really. Yeah, yeah. But then he sort of, I think he'd done it to somebody else previously. Really? Yeah, so it's like Luis Suarez. At least he's not acting out in quite the same way as Luis Suarez because that really could get messy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> there was an excellent clip of um, Preston played Blackburn and a Blackburn player. Lewis Holby. Lewis Holby. There we go. Grabbed his, grabbed his nuts and a cheeky, cheeky that was, that was good. Mm, it was. Because that is a way of saying we all know you're a you're a twat, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it says. <laughs> let's get on to the game this weekend mm-hmm. so in terms of changes harris came straight back in at the expense of Ardabajo, which felt a little bit harsh <coughs> i think moses has, has actually been one of the standout players in the last couple of games but um obviously harris is harris is very good he's more mm. he's, it's his natural position um and it makes sense the change it just felt a bit uh, yeah, a bit strange for uh, Odebadjo to to be the one that missed I, out. I guess the environment now with five substitutions is though that we we can afford to you know 
just just bring on somebody for a change of legs in on the wing quite quite cheaply. Yes, yeah, you know, so right. I yeah. don't think that it's a big huge trade off. It's nice to see him back. I get that point though. I quite like Adebayo, but I think I'd rather, I'd, yeah, I'd much rather have Harris for the threat of any kind of end product, you know, from the wing, which I just, yeah. I just get there so. Maybe more about that later. So little confidence. The thing I was going to say was about Harris was like, I, I'm wondering with this, we were talking last week about, you know, um, Pulis being a man who gives players very simple kind of directions. Mm. So I think that could do really well for Harris. I don't think he's a player who overthinks things, but sometimes I think he's on the border of overthinking things a little bit, you know? It's hard not to make some comparisons to JJ, isn't it, with him? Because just in terms of, how quick he is and how skillful he is with the ball at his feet. Mm. He has, he's always going to cause people problems. It's just what happens at the end of that. That's the question. And like JJ, it's very hit and miss. I think unlike JJ, he's much more miss than hit. And if we could get, Mm. if we, in terms of just percentages, he's going to get chances. He's going to be able to cut in. He's going to be able to get to the byline. He's always going to get chances to put the ball into the box or have shots. But if we can, if you can make a small modicum of difference to how effective he is when he's in those areas, that will make a huge difference to him and us. So yeah, I can I can definitely see see the potential there to to sort of grow on um, and may yeah maybe a simplified approach is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Having less things, you know, less options available to him might actually mean that the ones he picks are um, are, are the right ones for the right situation more often. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Shaw come in for Rhodes. We'd heard in the yes. kind of conference that Shaw had impressed. Interesting. Um, I was really surprised to see him starting. I I didn't hear the same thing about that you did that is impressed in training. Um, I I think the thing is it's a two sided thing. I want to say um, I'm glad that managers have seen promise in the academy player. Two managers now, Gary Monk mm. and Pulis, to, to certain kind of degrees, just from what little we've seen, and decided to pick him in the starting eleven. And I'm glad about that. But. Um, a Delhi Bashuru must be pissed. Like, yeah. I must say, I, yeah, he doesn't I'm seem to, a little, to be seen. a little bit staggered why he's kind of missing out so often. Um, do you get? I'm I'm getting a real feel right now, which may not be the most glowing kind of reference and comparison that we can bring into the equation. I'm remembering, I'm remembering like the four five one under Irvin and thinking about Tom Saws. Do you remember Tom Saws? Oh yeah. No, I. Okay, so I thought Tom Saws was a player who, you know, was this kind of like bulking athlete, had a bit of spryness, had a bit of pace to him, a bit of a skill set, you know, that engine and drive to kind of kick on the ball from centre mid. So I'm thinking and feeling very similar things with Shaw. I don't think Tom Saws was quite as bad as whatever on 40 was. Um, I think we definitely had some highlights. I think we can probably remember some more lowlights than we can remember highlights, but <laughs> it wasn't a bad player. I, but it, it makes me feel about that. It makes me feel like a very solid spine with someone who can kind of spurt forward. Yeah, I thought. I think in particular um, Pulis was impressed with how Shaw had done after coming on midweek. So uh, he certainly put himself about and mm. he put in a really good... I was quite annoyed at the Swansea player for rolling around and making such a fuss, but there was a moment where Shaw kind of intercepted. He got his foot in between the player and the ball on the, on the kind of halfway line, and 
it was a really good it looked like a really good intervention that he'd made and the Swansea player kind of rolled around and pointed to a bit of his calf and stuff and I was and you watched it on the replay and it didn't look like he got caught at all I wonder if he's just got a scar the Swansea player and he's like I'll make use of this (laughs) I've got one go (laughs) to show off this little scar of mine Um, I've got a question for you here Rich so uh, Liam Shaw is he a is he a showy or a growy He's a big lad. I think it's all on display. I've got to say. But will he, you know, kick on? Because I'm, I'm wondering about just as a very kind of uh, uh, slightly comical kind of allegory here. You know, you play like pro evolution soccer and games like this, and yes. you bring in you bring in a, a youngster and you basically play them for the entire season. And basically, if we follow the same route with Liam Shaw, by the end of 2022, he's gonna be the next Iniesta, surely. <laughs> yes i think he's more in that combo he's more of a coke than an Indi- iniesta i think um <laughs> sure. I, I i wonder if pulis we talked about when he came in um you may have noticed i've still not settled on a way of saying his the the manager's name but um pulis Pulis, just Pulis. go all around the houses um but we talked about him liking two active defensive midfielders and that obviously luongo He's action mass. He's he's the man for action. Yeah. Um, but I wonder if he sees in Shaw the next best thing within the current squad because yeah. he's big. He like he does put in tackles. He's pretty strong for his age. He doesn't look like a kid um, the way he holds himself. And I think Delhi Bashiru's got a lot to offer. And hopefully we get a chance to see it. I, I mean, it would be a real shame if he he just sort of disappears at this stage. But it's a different. He's bringing a different sort of set of skills to the yeah. table. I think Shaw is, and if the thing, that's it, gone. The thing I liked about FDB, and maybe it's more to say about maybe it kind of weirdly kind of suited some of the not the best moments of Monk, but kind of the Monk characteristics. Like mm-hmm. he kind of breaks forward with a very with a very languid pace, doesn't he? Yeah. FDB. Yeah. Do you think that kind of frustrates someone like Pulis? Like, do you think he wants someone who's a lot more kind of attacking and direct and kind of really gets at those positions? There's a chance of that, I think. He's mm. he's definitely one of these players, a bit like a kind of Siban or a Berbatov or, or his, you know, his stated hero, Yaya Torre. His demeanor and body language will never do him any favors. Like, even when he's working hard, it's going to look like he's taking his sweet-ass time about it. He's just got that kind of unhurried <laughs> demeanor about him doesn't mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. um so well, maybe maybe i as i say i think i think you look at that midfield and they're sh- short we've been a short we've had a short midfield <laughs> for, for a yeah. long, long time yeah. i just i i can see some of the things that Shaw is maybe bringing to the table for him although well we'll get on to he was <laughs> he was sacrificed at half time so i don't know whether it's another occasion of somebody looking good off the bench and then not quite doing it when they get their start but mm. um yeah interesting i mean it's nice to, it's nice to know there's a route in for youngsters if they if they fit the, you know if their face is fit and they're they're able to to play the part so it would be nice to have a kind of those those possibilities of first team bows for for players um in terms of how we set up patterson so I think nominally it's kind of four five one, but we were trying where possible for Patterson to drop deeper 
in that kind of a false nine and then get Harris and, and Rhodes, uh, Harris and Reach, sorry, running behind him, you know, get, getting into that space behind him. But I don't know how effective it was particularly, but that felt like the kind of idea. And we're back again in this space of, of trying to get Bannon further forward, trying to get him to influence the game in the right places. Um, and I think he had moments to do that today. I don't know that this was his best performance again, but uh, we'll, we can we can sort of talk about that. Um, I've not made huge amounts of notes. If this was not this was not a thriller, uh, folks. This was a pretty. No, it was not the thriller thriller in Manila. No, this was the the drizzle some three hundred miles from Brizzle. Um, <laughs> it was it was dour. I think we looked like we were happy to to get a draw. Um, do you think it was? I look, think it was the vanilla in Manila. <laughs> vanilla, vanilla, yeah. Um, we, I thought, I thought we looked happy to settle for a draw, and I think we got warned for time wasting at various points. Um, but I, I think equally, Stoke looked pretty yeah. comfortable with a draw. Yeah. Uh, and when both teams are in that position, I wonder. The, you know, we've had lots of rule changes. There should maybe be a thing where we get to an hour mark in a game like this and you kind of go, do you know what? You're clearly happy with the draw. We're clearly happy with the draw. Should we just <laughs> shake hands and go home? Yes. <laughs> Knock off yes, early. Because exactly. <laughs> it... The, we'll both, the, we'll both just knock over, knock, knock over our kings in unison, you know. <laughs> Again, I think it speaks highly to the fact how quickly... Um, Poulos has managed to get us organised we again this is a, a Stoke team with granted no Fletcher which I was pleased about I thought Fletcher really might mm. well have fun against our uh, defence um, but no, no Fletcher we saw off the immediate replacement for Fletcher um, fairly early doors and that, that meant yeah. some came on but they're all much of a muchness I mean those three players are all pretty much the same guy uh, uh, to varying degrees of quality. Mm, well, yeah, I was going to say, just, just giving a little hmm there, because varying degrees of quality is a strong degree there. Yes. I think it's Lee so- Gregory is much a downgrade on Stephen Fletcher. Oh, and yes. I think even further, Sam Vokes is apparently, Sam Vokes these days, I think, is even further down from Lee Gregory, from what I understand. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, still, thirty-one years old is Sam Vokes. He's still uh, plugging away. Mm. Seems like he's been around forever. I, I think that's because he has. Yeah, and he's also such an archetype, isn't he? I think that's the other thing. Like, there's a he's a style of footballer come to life, and uh, he's basically Sean Dyche's centre forward choice made flesh. What Sean Dyche goes to goes to bed on Christmas Eve, wish wishing he'll find, hoping he'll find in his. Uh, Stocking. <laughs> it's, it's a prime Sam Vokes. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, in terms of chances, uh, you know, Harris Harris looked pretty bright. He had his fullback on toast. Uh, that meant that he had opportunities to put the ball in the box. It meant he had opportunities to cut inside and, and have efforts on goal. Um, I thought so. Sort of Sixteen minutes in, he had that sort of low drive that looked looked troubling. It was one of those where the keeper was sort of leaving it, and then at the last second thought, actually, that's this might sneak in a better dive. Mm. Uh, but when you hear statistics like in sixteen games at Hillsborough, we've had just uh, six goals from Sheffield Wednesday. 
you know, it's another game in in a what is now becoming a kind of litany of um, you know a nice long uh, epic of pretty boring Hillsborough <laughs> Hillsborough games. Sure, um, it's a game of Russian roulette where there's twenty four chambers and one bullet in there. You know, and we keep just rolling the barrel and clicking away. You know, empty. To kind of, but we we we've touched on Irving. I think the other comparison you know to level things up you know in the interest of balance um we're as balanced as the bbc here um in the interest of balance the other comparison is is stuart gray in terms of stuart gray was a guy that had a a pretty poor squad which this is starting to look like it's a poor squad um we we thought they were underperforming under monk it just turns out they're not that good (laughs) um but Stuart Gray managed to make us a pretty effective unit. Um, you know, everybody's first job was defence, and that where that, that and that was good. It made us pretty effective as an away team, but it it did result in a pretty dour time at Hillsborough because mm. that's when you're expected to be on the front foot. You're expected to sort of force the game and make things happen. Yeah, um, and when your whole kind of ethos is safety first, it just doesn't. Yeah, it it leads to performances a bit like today's, where we were good and solid, but we didn't have a shot on target. We we didn't not to say we didn't have effort. So you know, Burner had an effort, Harris had an uh-huh. effort in that first half. Um, I really like that free kick with a nice little touch off from Patterson to Burner mm-hmm. to wang it off a Stoke player. Yes, <laughs> yeah, that was the corner from Baz, and then I think Harris that way he had cracked it well, but it was blocked. Right, that's a chance we talked about. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Anything else from the first half for you? Uh, 22 minutes in, I remarked, I'm recalling on the highlights so far, which were basically Shaw tumbling over Collins in the box, uh, Berner landing on Gregory like a cartoon grand piano. Nice to see us kicking lumps out of Stoke players. (laughs) Uh, There was a spot of head tennis between us at the 24th minute. Now, I'm going to say that was some head tennis we would have conceded under Monk (laughs) previously. Yeah. Uh, the comfort of football with none of those pesky highs. That's this football match. Uh, Bernard just becoming an assassin on the 27th minute as he leaps through Tyrese Campbell's head. Uh, the joy behind giving away three kicks. Um, just as a general kind of overall patch, there's, I mean, there's a couple of things here. Uh, I'm personally tempted to do a Taylor Swift You Belong to Me video to, to Fox Morgan. Um, <laughs> look, Foxy, there's no crowd here, so there's no boo boys. And in brackets, <laughs> won't tell them this, they've all migrated to social media. Uh, weird to see Danny Bart for Stoke. I've noticed I said yeah. a high-end ex-Wednesday retirement home here. Uh, yeah. as I said, so, I mean, this is the interesting thing. Looking at the Stoke team, I, I think there's some interesting comparisons I might just do across here, just from some notes later. Uh, first of all, it's disgusting what you can do with some parachute payments towards building yes. a squad. Like, you just look around, and it's just it's just a kind of a Avengers kind of like squad <laughs> of competent championship players, really. <laughs> and, you know, I had that moment where it just seemed really strange in comparison, <clears throat> which was, you know, that free kick just before the end of the first half where McLean just blended into the cop. Yes. Um, it looked really strange because they had the cart, the, the wall we put together, and it was Shaw, Reach, Burner, and Jos Van Aken in one shot all together in the wall, it just really brought to light just how cobbled together 
this entire team is. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that's we had that midweek as well. That's parachute payments, isn't it? I mean, having the quality of IU and Casey Palmer to bring off the bench is uh, is a pretty swaggy thing to be able to do. It is indeed. Um, the thing I want to say, I didn't make a note of this, but it was something I thought of for that. Um, for all their positives, I feel that basically, if you if Stoke don't go up within the next two seasons. If you fast forward two seasons, they will be exactly like Wednesday. Yes. They will just have just basically spent all their money. They'll be kind of in dire straits. And you'll have players like, well, I don't know if I, I think at that point, Stephen Fletcher's contract would have expired, but they've got a lot of old players. <laughs> it's the they've same model as well, isn't it? It is. It really is. Established championship quality players. It's it's buying the best signing the best or buying the best of the kind of 28 plus market, giving them a longer contract than they probably would get elsewhere and hoping that you can sort of <laughs> nudge yourself over the line in terms of promotion, then do a big rebuild um, yeah. with the money. There, but the average age that I'm finding out on transfer marks for the Stokes is 27.3, mm. which I think really marks kind of out. There's a lot of, I mean, like you've got James McLean, you've got Danny Bartz, um, they've got Chris Brunt, they've got John Obi McKell, a um, yeah. lot of, lot of, a lot of aging players, Stephen Fletcher. Um, I, I don't really know outside of, I think Collins is a youngster. They brought in James Brown, who I, I learned from the commentary was released by Wednesday at 14. I didn't know that about. Oh, so, right. Okay. Jacob Brown, the former Barnsley player who's gone to, gone to Stoke city. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Hmm. But it's, um, it's, it's, it's weird playing at Stoke. It feels very much like we're playing a Wednesday team of like three, four seasons ago. Really? But yeah. slightly, slightly better in a few areas, maybe not quite. I don't feel they've got quite enough quality that we did in previous years. I think they don't have the embarrassment of riches up top that we had during that. No, during our no not Carlos's at all. Because I, I had, no, well, it was, a, it was a misfortune because obviously it's sad at the end. But um, that the, seeing the playoff final again, um, everything's really good until the match kind of gets going because it's such a glorious day and... That Wednesday kit just looked fantastic in HD on Sky and <laughs> all, all the fans at Wembley. Um, but like, yeah, Hooper and Forestieri and uh, just lots of good options throughout the pitch. Uh, they don't, they don't seem to have that. I don't think. Although they did have, there's there's some talents that remained on the bench today because they got Tom Ince, who, to be honest, I'm never quite convinced by, but he's always around good quality teams and he's moved yeah. an awful lot of money during his career. Oh yeah. So yeah, interesting. It's, it, I, I do think, yeah, like you say, they, they're, we're probably a picture of tomorrow for them in many ways. Um, um, anything else from the first half? No, I, no. I think that's, that's kind of it. Was there anything else? No, 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 there really so, wasn't. So I think an interesting move we, with at halftime, we made the change of, uh, roads on for for sure. Did you see that coming at all? Or? I didn't, but I, I think that was the one, the one like nod towards we might try and win this game. We're trying to be a bit more attacking. Um, I didn't think Shaw had let himself down at all, but it felt like more of a let's ask Rhodes to do the same thing he did midweek again and see if we can get ourselves further up the pitch. Mm. As a result, um, didn't quite work. I thought. Well, Stokes probably their best period of the game was 
the restart till about the hour mark. Um, Rhodes had a glimmer of a chance on the break. Bannon sort of pumped a ball over the top and Rhodes held off one of the defenders really well. But unfortunately, Bart was swept up really well. Um, Harris had his man on toast. Um, We talked about... It was interesting... um, (laughs) I stepped away from the... I did the legitimate I follow and handed my £10 to the club. Um, you know, I, I saw the social media warnings, but I I, I did a gratis stream um, at half-time to, to get some uh, some life admin out of the way. Um, and it was... Here, so that meant I got to hear some of the Stoke commentary. And they were talking about... They were really praising Collins to the hilt. He's come in and done so well. Oh, he's had such a good game. And I just thought Harris, any time he got to get one-on-one with him, he mm. took him to the cleaners. I just thought Harris didn't do anything with the ball when he got there. No, no, that was a big disappointment. The worst, I think, of all of them was, well, he did two in a row. He did one where he absolutely boomed it with his left foot over the over everybody. Like it was must have been seven or eight feet in the air, maybe nine feet in the air, by, while it went over the top of the goal. And... and uh, almost went out the other side and then after that it's like he sort of second guessed himself and he went to like he beat the man again he beat collins again and went to like pull back you know come back on himself and uh when he went to control it with his left foot he just kicked it straight out of play uh that was a pretty (laughs) pretty low moment in Mm -hmm. his uh game but he looked bright all game he never stopped running um i just you just wish there was something, you know, there was some thought behind what he did. It all feels mm-hmm. rushed and it's composure, I think, as much as anything. But as you say, if we if we can, if maybe a bit of coaching like, to simplify things down, maybe maybe we'll see some more results from him. Um, there was a couple of moments where Bannon really had a chance to make things happen. This is, this is sort of, it was probably started around the 76th minute. We had this little period of uh, keeping the ball around their box. Um but twice Bannon was the person that had possession in key areas, key moments, and mm. didn't produce the quality that was needed. So yeah. I'm talking about particularly the moment where sort of um, Patterson and Harris were out on the the left wing and Bannon was just inside of them. And Patterson started making a move into the box and Bannon sort of chipped it six seven feet in front of him, giving him absolutely no chance to get it. Then the ball was cleared and ended up back to Bannon again in a crossing position. And he crossed too early, because so we didn't have a chance to get people in the box. And it was just a crap cross. And in yeah. that moment, it's like, what if you'd got nailed the quality in one of those two moments that happened back to back? We probably could have been in on goal and had a chance. I think, again, that's the frustration with today's game and maybe the whole season. You need composure and, and guile in those little moments to make half chances into chances. And that's where everything falls down for us. The the hard work is there. The intent is there, but it's, it's those moments where like for good players, time slows down and they see the picture. We're not doing that enough, whether it's through lack of quality or mm-hmm. I don't know what the problem is with Bannon, but so many times the ball is falling to him in key moments we're getting that free kick in the 92nd minute. We're getting the corner at the end of the game. The ball drops to him outside the box. And he's not doing what he's there to do mm-hmm. at the points where it matters the most. 
I'd hopefully Brown can come, you know, get fit and take some of the pressure off him. But it just feels like everything's weighing heavy on his shoulders at the moment, Bannon. Um, we had the weird thing. So Adebayo came on for for Harris, as you say, sort of swapping legs for legs, which is good decision. Fair enough. Um, and then we brought on Izzy Brown for Jordan Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And finally, we got some enjoyable, something enjoyable to watch, and and that was really just watching Rhodes coming off the pitch, looking incredibly pissed off at proceedings. That was uh, that was quite enjoyable. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Baffling, really. It was. He, uh, he wow. He looked uh, he looked really cheesed off with that one. So, from the off, you would think it was a four-five-one with Patterson actually being played up top, right? Yeah. From yeah. the start, you'd probably say that more so. Because you've essentially you've dropped Rhodes, you've brought Shore in, and you've kind of just switched Shore and Rhodes effectively. Yeah. So Rhodes comes on, and then I'm guessing unless we go four four two, we probably do the same kind of mentality. Yeah, we're asking him to stretch the game, keep the defenders honest, and mm. give us space to work the ball that stop them com- contracting the the, the space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then. Effectively, he goes off and Patterson goes up there and Brown goes into the middle, I'm guessing. It's difficult to kind of get your head around as a change. But I'm also weirdly kind of happy with it because it's not, you know, it's 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 not the typical manager of let's just chuck all the strikers on. Yeah. Not that we have many other strikers to chuck on anymore. No. <laughs> you know, but... No, it, that's a good point, isn't it? It's It's having enough... <laughs> strength in your convictions and enough strength of personality to not worry that people are going to go, we need a goal and you take an off striker, which is the simplistic thing that people do all the time. And it sure ruins shape. It ruins, ruins good positions in games. So, yeah. And you also have the freedom to be like, um, you have the freedom to make changes like that because you're not being criticized vocally in the stands. By it, right? That helps. <laughs> it yeah. does help a little. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was. <clears throat> it was still strange though to see a substitution come on and then come off. And I thought Rhodes was he was okay. I don't. It wasn't like oh god, he's terrible. Get him off. No. I mean, I could probably say, hey, this isn't working, but it's uh, it's a ballsy move to take off a substitute. It is, and I, I suppose the thing is, you look at it and you go, who else? If you look, if you've made that change at halftime and it's not had the impact you want, mm. you don't want to take anybody else off. I don't think. You know, Patterson sure. is doing the job that he's there to do. He's done that first half, second half. Bannon's doing the job. Luongo's doing the job. So the person to change weirdly is Rhodes. It just is the. It's not a normal decision to make, and I can absolutely see why Jordan Rhodes was ticked off having been brought on on at halftime and then taken off. 30 minutes later or whatever it was and then brown his first thing he does in the game is hit a pretty average free kick that made its way back to him and then he <sighs> pooed his pants and gave possession yes, to yes i know break. i know <laughs> i mean we we had that midweek we had a real moment of quality from bannon but it's it's kind of like when everyone else isn't playing so well we really look to bannon and, yeah. and brown now if brown is on the pitch and if brown is playing to deliver some quality so it's it's just even more painful when you get such a weak, terrible free kick and then yes. give away possession to the point where I think it led to Luongo having to do a professional foul yeah, and pick up yeah. the yellow, right? It was 
a really good professional fowler would have been absolutely fuming if it had been done to us. Um, <laughs> <laughs> worth the yellow and more because, yeah, mm. they really had three or four players breaking at pace uh, on us. So it was um, good forthright thinking and action from Action Mass. <laughs> <laughs> We then, the last little dribs and drabs of the game, we were just, seemed to be just giving Stoke opportunities to ruin our weekend. Uh, we had the stupid foul from Lees where we went through the back of someone. Mm. Um, that, then that was, a, that was a good free kick they produced there and uh, Vokes had his effort on target, which Wildsmith saved really well with his foot, uh, channeling uh, peak David De Gea, not current David De Gea, uh, with, his, with his save with his feet. And then the 95th minute, <laughs> I put Wednesday buttered up their bunghole and asked for Stockton to, to take the game away. Um, thankfully, Campbell produced a terrible free kick, but it was a scruffed cross, a, stuff, a scruffed clearance, and then Burner cleared it straight into Bannon's midriff, and then Lees scuffed another clearance, and Burner then went and made the foul. And it just felt like this is the last kick of the game, and they're gonna he's going to pop it in the top corner. Um, but he blew it into the stands. He did. It was an awful free kick. <laughs> Dreadful. Oh. Um. So there you go. I mean, I I sort of put a rough stuff for the po- another point gained. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Very much so. As my, as my closing thought. <sighs> I've got a I've got a lot of notes. So <laughs> go for it. I'm going to go through this chronologically. It's going to be a long one, folks. So strap in. Uh, 48 minute. Wildsmith showing the destruction of Borden. Boredom as he palms a shot going wide out for a corner and then from the corner concedes another corner by flapping at it. <laughs> Flappy Turd, the new game designed by Wednesday's Academy Keepers, coming soon to iOS and Android. For, uh, Julian Burner, according to Powell, Powell Walker, the commentator. <laughs> um, one thing I want to say, 52nd minute, I, it happened then, and I, I noticed this happened the first, like, Lees was not doing well on the end of um, Patterson's throw set piece. No. He's not he's not very adequate at the attacking kind of headers. With that, but he just seems to concede fouls every time. Yes. Well the thing is with that team on the pitch, the only person who's got the build to win a header from one of these lofty throw ins is Callum Patterson. And he's the one taking it. And as quick and as strong as he is, getting on the end of his own throw in would be quite, would be a feat. Surprising, even for him, a man. Maybe he should just throw it directly, probably at like a eighty-degree angle into the air. <laughs> so it just loops up really high, and then he just runs full pelt. <laughs> and by the time he's there, he's probably got a good second to set himself. And really determinedly, like keep his eye on the ball so that the ref can't give a foul against him for anybody that gets in the way. <laughs> Exactly. I just was keeping my eye on the ball. I was, didn't look at anybody else. <laughs> I'd lo- actually, I'd love to see that. That would be really good. Just ploughing through people. Mm. <laughs> um, 53rd minute, I want to say Bannon ruined a really promising break, break by by uh, firing into the stands. That really, that really yes. took me off. Yeah. That was just, it's not the time. It's not the time to try and put your foot through it. Really not. <laughs> Um, 54 minute, I, I think they had like a really promising cross for Stoke and it was kind of headed back across and uh, yeah. Walker was saying that like folks couldn't get it on target. But actually from the highlights, a lot of kudos here. Um, really great defensive header from 30th birthday boy, Tom Lees. 
Ah, there we go. He actually got there before Sam Vokes. That's good. Um, 55 minutes. Uh, there's a throw-in with some kerfuffle over it. Reminds me that we need fans in the stadium so I don't have to hear coaching staff sound like chimps in the zoo. <laughs> it's like the monolith moment from 2001. I'd, I, I'm getting really stressed out by some of the some of the hooping and hollering that's just grunted back and forth between people. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Pulis will really make Hillsborough a cauldron this season, a spotless, well-scoured cauldron, not a faint whiff of being full of butternut squash soup. Uh, Pulis had a proper hat this week. That's something to talk about. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, they finally, I think because basically people said in social media, you've taken this Adidas hat and you've sewed a Wednesday patch over it. Why don't you just go to the club shop and get one of the caps? For just sake. Oh, dear. Uh, one highlight really late on was that uh, Jos van Aken did a really great bit, actually. He went to tackle Campbell and you thought, oh, he's going to tackle him and put it out for a throw-in defensively. And he managed to both do Campbell and nick the ball and keep it in. That was yeah, that was fantastic. Yes, and seventy-fourth uh, minute again. Want to kind of go have a go at Bannon? We had possession and Powell was down, so Bannon played it out. And I'm like, don't do that. Just keep yeah, just keep playing. Did they Especially officially if... make that the rule? So does it just get ignored by players now? Well, they made it the rule that you play on. I don't know. I did. and he wasn't he wasn't hurt at all. He just no had a little. Had a little kerfuffle had a little rub you know from the physio and he's fine got the magic sponge out oh my final note rich i think sums up the whole ordeal full-blooded but we but nobody could nurture a semi hey yeah yeah <laughs> um yes it's it's looking at the kind of looking at the squad looking at the predicament looking at where we're at and almost the commentary so i had the radio i, I had the the chef of wednesday own commentators um, for most of the game um, and there's almost an attitude creeping in of oh we'll make some signings in January and then that'll that'll fix things but we can't afford to just like skip this bit between there here and there that there's a huge chunk of the season between now and January so we need to do what we can um, I I hope things will be. I think I hope things will be better with with Windass in the mix. I think we can already see, having been promised under Luhukai and Monk, a solid base to work, to build from. We can actually see that that I'm pretty impressed how quickly that's been put in place. The shape and the solidity of this team, home and away, we've got two different formations that are both pretty formidable at this stage. Um, that's happened very quickly. In the, mm-hmm. in the scheme of things, uh, particularly considering, you know, it's mid-season. But we need those flashes. We need those moments of magic. We're going to rely on players pulling rabbits out of hats at this point in time. We don't, we haven't built that middle stage where things, are to, to make chances happen on a consistent basis. So until that happens, we'll need people like Windass, like Harris, um, and like Izzy Brown I'd like to put Bannon in that group, but I just at the moment he's he's getting the opportunities to make those things happen and not doing it. I I I'd sort of um, overlooked the one where he took that shot when there were much better options available. But yeah, he's, he's not his decision making and his execution is just not where it needs to be at this point in time. And it, if he was doing if he was pulling seven and a halfs and eights out of his backside performance wise. 
He actually might have picked up three points in the last couple of games, to be honest. I don't want to lay it all on his. We can't expect somebody to, to make things happen out of thin air all the time. That's where that's how you end up in bad ruts of form. Um, but, yeah, the, the fact of the matter is he's had those opportunities, those half chances, those moments to make things happen and just not produced uh, at this stage. And, um Hopefully it comes back. Hopefully he, get, he sort of recaptures that because I think there's been times where he's been much more effective than he is now. Um, should we do some uh, some player ratings to round things off? Oh, let's do that. That sounds divine. Divine. <laughs> Top 40 Joe. Joe Wildsmith. He was fine. Um, let's give him a 6.5. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe, oh, maybe a 7. That save at the end was pretty good with his, foot, with his left foot. <laughs> I didn't agree with you on that one. I'm going to be honest. I was like, it was fine. (laughs) It was fine. It was okay. It's the sort of moment I'm just used to conceding in. Like, okay, let's. It was when we were. Maybe the save itself was not that good, but the not conceding in that moment, because handing a free kick to the opposition in a plum position in the 92nd minute, you're just like, here we go. Yeah. I've, I've. I've read this one before. Um, I know how it finishes. I'm not going to read the last chapter. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think let's stick with 6.5. Let's not get too carried away. Uh, Liam Palmer. Liam Palmer. He was all right. I can't remember what he did. I'm going to be honest. No, Six. he was a bit anonymous today. Maybe as a result of having Harris in front of him, who for some of the game, most of the game, I don't know. They moved around, didn't they, those two up top? Um but maybe he was asked to do the defending more. You know, in the four, he's asked to do more defending than uh, than other games. And I think Odebajo helps more than maybe the other two do. Um, yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm having to remind myself what we said. Uh, was, it, was it TJ Less or TJ Max? TJ Middy. <laughs> TJ Middy. TJ Moore. TJ Moore. <laughs> TJ, TJ Hughes. TJ Hughes. Um, happy 30th birthday when we're recording this to Tom Lees, to Thomas Jane Lees. Mm. Uh, Lees dog. Um, he was... For old time's sake, do you want to give him a numerical value? Just so we, we'll need to know where we are on the TJ scale, you see. <laughs> Let's go with 6.5. Fair enough. For, you know, for, a, for an interim period, we'll probably need both. But I'm sure in time, the TJ scale will take over. It's just... TJ scale will take off, yes. We keep referring back to the old way of doing things. Um, big cheesy Julian Burner. Um, I I think I'm going to venture for a seven for Burner. You know, mm. um, you know what I'm liking about now. One thing I didn't make a comment about during what things. He looks like a bit of a warrior these days. He does, doesn't he? He's really uh, he's doing a lot of swashbuckling, but he's really going at it. He's very full blooded at what he's doing. Yeah, I, I'm. It's nice he's it's nice to see him back to where he was um yeah seven i think is fair and definitely maybe the only choice but definitely a contender for man of the match today um jva yus van aiken yus van aiken uh he was good as well i think i'm gonna give him a seven as well i think he deserves the same maybe not quite as good i think maybe i'd probably give go for the similar thing to you as saying burner man of a match contender Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, JPA was really good. Uh, big, huge shout out to that moment I mentioned where he uh, did Tyrese Campbell, left him on his body on the side of yeah. the pit, and took the ball and uh, 
carried on further. However, that annoyingly with that, any momentum was thanks to uh, bloody Nick Powell being down. Is it Nick Powell? Or is it the yes. guy from BBC Watchdog? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Don't know. But then, yeah, obviously he was down, so Bannon played out, so he lost all sense of momentum in that moment, which was annoying as hell. But, yeah, um, yeah. no, I thought he was he was decent enough. He's solid enough. He's doing a he's doing a fairly okay job at left-back, you know? Well, in a way, it's weird he's not... It's weird that he's not been a left-back before now. Like, I know he's tall. He's 6'3", I think. So, obviously... In some way, you say, okay, that looks like a centre-back. But he's not particularly strong. He's not great. I suppose his timing of interceptions not being very good is is probably going to hold him back in any defensive position. But uh, he's slightly built and reasonably kind of good on the ball. I I just, uh, in some ways, it feels like it's weird that he's not been a left-back until now. Because he doesn't. He's never felt quite natural at centre back, but anyway, we'll uh, we con- I continue to enjoy this experiment, and uh, I think he's doing a, a pretty good job all round. Um, Shoei, um, Shoei was fine first half. Um, some enjoyable rugby tackles, including um, you know, probably getting away with not conceding a penalty, which is yeah. something we've looked over about tumbling over Collins in the box. Uh, that was quite enjoyable. I I remembered nothing else. I, I can genuinely tell you nothing about a lot of these players today and what they did, uh, especially in the middle of the park. I don't, I don't hold, you know, I don't um, hold who scored scores in particularly high regard. I, I don't generally think that football works the way that they count it. I don't think that, like, anyway, you know. But it, it, interestingly, they, the overall performance from Stoke was judged slightly better than ours. And in particular, their standout players were their, their defenders. So I wonder if I wonder if they did a good job holding us off, and that's mm. that's how, that's where that comes from. Because Collins got seven point one, Chester's got seven point two, uh, Bart's the weakest at six point seven, and Fox got seven point four. Um, so it's like almost all their good players were their back four. So I, I yeah, I could, we didn't get much going, but maybe it was a case of them being effective. I don't know. Um, So did we happen on a score for sure? Six. Six. Fair enough. Uh, Luongo? Six as well. I don't remember much from him apart from a professional foul. Um, It's a pretty good professional foul, though. It was a pretty good professional foul. (laughs) I mean, this is also midweek where Pulis basically said that uh, Luongo is should be nowhere near a pitch right now in terms of his fitness wow right okay i hadn't heard so, that so yeah that was interesting it's like oh so we're playing him anyway because that was the thing was like you know again delhi bashuru he's yeah. been fit he's got some minutes i think he's done quite well given the opportunities he's had but he can't that's... do what luongo does or not that we've seen no no very few people can but um but it 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 makes me feel very strange about selections in the middle of the park right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so much so that like I don't know who's been our standout performer in midfield um, outside of Luongo. But Luongo's Luongo's time really felt thanks to during the time of Gary Monk. We've not really. I think he's been functional. I mean, I'd much rather have Luongo on the pitch being okay than not having Luongo at all. Um, but I'm I'm going to say like a star midfield performer for us for the past for this Tony Pulis era, 
but the three games we've seen has definitely been Patterson. Yes, I agree with that. I think long ago, I thought he was pretty good. He was seemed to be back to sort of tackling, you know, those those lovely crunchy tackles that he likes. He did a couple of those yeah. against Swansea, um, and and today he he very nearly was involved in. A, a sort of positive that's the frustrating thing is it's all little like glimmers of almost nearly um you know it's like the um you know the rom-com protagonist that falls in love with every woman that catches his eye um you know <laughs> there's all these moments that feel like all you know possible <laughs> dalliances with the goal um but we just sort of bludgeoned into defenders time and time again and, and didn't make much of them and mm. i thought there was a point where luongo got involved on the near side and um it's sort of luongo uh i think luongo reach and and uh palmer all together and it felt like it was just going to break into something good and and the ball did there was a clever little ball played in for luongo and he burst into the box but again it was it was very well defended i I do think i mean that is a pretty excellent defensive partnership about bart and chester um there cannot be many more uh, centre back pairings that are much better than those two, um, just on the you know just on paper. Uh, so I, yeah, it just felt like we were coming up against a brick wall every time we got near their box today, and Luongo suffered from that as much as anybody else. Interesting comment about the the fitness. We'll have to keep an eye on him, but he mm. played all ninety minutes. I know well, that was the thing. I was surprised because they well, it seemed to be that was the arranged thing for Pelopassi coming on for him at the sixty-minute right. mark for the, okay. for the previous two games. So that seemed to be the seemed to be the mentality, and seems to be picked up by the commentary team. I think. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they, they've got this on who scored as a four-three-three as the starting lineup. I'm not sure that I necessarily agree with that, but let's go for Bannon next. Either way, Bannon, 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 Bannon. Six. Is that fair? Yeah, probably. I, I just feel like maybe somehow giving him less than a six because it, he was disappointing today. The thing is, he's there. He's he's so present. He's so he does so much. Our mm. expectations are always high for Batman. I know, I know, because he set the bar so high. And there was that lovely moment towards the end of the game where he sort of burst. You know, but he he had a burst of pace to make sure the ball ran out of play and that was the like the 89th minute and I thought, you know, this is your third game in a week and you've still got the puff to sprint after that ball for like quarter of the yeah, That was just true. impressive stuff. Mm. But but it's But it's the funny thing is that, oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, the funny thing is the stuff that's not wrong and related to his fitness, is it? Exactly. Not. It's not the legs that are letting him down. It's it's his it's the it's his mind. It's the composure, and we just need him to uh, same as Harris. We need an, we need him to be like a couple of percentage points better, and it will make such a difference to us in those key clutch moments. To borrow a, a phrase from American sports, um, Kadeem Harris. Um, I think we can go with a. I think I might go for a six point five. Like it's yeah. good to see him back. I think you know we we miss his pace. We miss him as an outlet. Um, a little bit frustrating for his decision making today. Yeah, fair enough. It's good to have him back. It really is. Yeah. Don't go, don't go falling on top of a player and again and getting sent off for some reason that's quite hard to decide. Patterson. <laughs> 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 um, How did Patterson do today? He did all right. Like he was just, he's just, you know, again, he's just, um, he's just a, is an incredibly solid pro in a very solid professional team right now. You know, this 
feels like his he feels like the identity of the team in one player you know yeah i think for him the change round of formation is maybe the like he's the most unfortunate one even though Rhodes is the one who's dropped I think we didn't get to see him build on this new idea of his position which it felt like at Swansea it felt like okay yeah I can see what's happening here I didn't get quite that feel today but then he probably played in about six different roles at various times today so the fact he couldn't quite get his teeth stuck in it does it does make sense on the the grand scheme of things um yeah not nothing there to criticize really um adam reach is the last member of the starting lineup do you remember anything adam reach did on the pitch today um do you remember he scored midweek i think he was mainly thinking about that okay well, there I we go. That's fine. Then. Yeah, no, he was pretty, he was pretty anonymous today. Struggled to get into the game. Yeah, I, I think we can probably give him a six. I think I think that's fair. I wonder if it was a case where if he had, we obviously figured out that Harris could batter Collins for pace and let him have at it, which made sense. But then that does mean reaches up against Fox, who quite possibly knows all of his tricks yeah uh, from training <laughs> training days of yore uh so that was maybe a little bit of an unfortunate change for for reach in that but yeah he didn't do much he didn't do much but we also didn't see much from we know that fox could be a pretty potent force going forward you know a good crosser from deep and things we didn't see any of that so maybe maybe reach was quietly holding back the breach <laughs> um jordan rhodes how long did he get in the end? He got just less than 40 minutes. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. That makes it sound like we ordered the pizza. We got 39 minutes. Jordan Rhodes. God. Did he, did he, he delivered on being Jordan Rhodes. Again, he had, a, he had a glimmer. He had his own little glimmer. Can you remind me what that was? Where the Bannon played the ball over the top and he held off Chester. <laughs> that was, that was, yeah. And cleared it. Yes. Do you think he could have done better in that situation? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> He's a broken husk of a man. He's just getting up in the morning is hard enough for Jordan Rhodes. I know. Please. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Moses said about. I don't remember either anything that either of the last two subs did. But just for completion's sake, Moses had a bad Joe. Oh, let's give him a six. I I think it's nice. He to was see there. Him. I, I like him on the wing now. I like him on the wing either starting or this kind of brief yeah. appearance i think they're both i think there's both po- there's positives of both of them i think that's good yeah um izzy brown came on did a poo and then went home yeah i think it's gonna give i'm gonna give him a 5.5 <laughs> that was really really frustrating that was literally the only thing he did and it was terrible yeah oh not a classic but we you know we no. got we got through it, Luke. That's the main thing. We're, we're huddled together, besieged by uh, the EFL and the world at large. And, uh, you know, we came out grasping a point in our in our hands. In El Lumpico, I think uh, people are now calling <laughs> So we move, we move on. We've, uh, the game's come thick and fast at this stage of the season. So, we're, 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 we'll, you know, we'll have more chances to improve. We get to welcome back Lucas Schwau, midweek. Yes, the high-flying Reading. Mm. Lucas Schwau, who scored more goals than Sheffield Wednesday this season. Yes. 
<laughs> These are tough. This is a tough little run of games. I, I think Reading and, and Norwich both uh, tough opponents. So this will test our metal in in terms of how uh, how strong those foundations we're building are. Mm-hmm. But fingers crossed. Let's keep we'll keep uh, eking along. I think we need to pick up some wins. That's the only thing. That would be really nice. I don't think we can just keep drawing our way to safety. You know, no, it doesn't work that way, does it? No, no, it does not. Okay, well. I hope you have a good week, Luke, and I hope the folks at home have another fine week in this uh, this desolate wasteland that we we live in now. This is the uh, this is the world at large. Um, it's Sheffield Chef- Wednesday are a microcosm of the world that they're, they're always a representation of the world around them, um, like The Simpsons or the news. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, cheerio, Luke. See you, Rich. Have a good one. Thank you.